Hey everyone, welcome back to a new episode of Calculator Chaos. Today I'm here with Mr. Gary Fox. How are you, Gary? How are you? Thanks for having me on. Thanks a million for coming on. Um, how are you keeping? How's your How's your lockdown going? It's going like everyone, like we're talking about there. Uh, yeah. I think it's been a tough month for everyone. So obviously we're recording this February second, second, February second, twenty twenty one. 2021 it is and it's just been a tough month i think for everyone i think we were talking about a bit off camera there it's just been a hard month um how's it going for me personally look like everyone you know i've I've been massively affected but so has everyone do you know what i mean so i just try to keep that in a i just take it day by day if i'm very honest i just don't really think about like lockdown ending or anything like that i just take it day by day and just focus on doing something positive every single day yeah and realistically i'm actually coming to the very same conclusion like try and keep it as much as your own control you can't you can't control when lockdown ends you can't control when everything's going to open and back up so if you take it day by day that's well within your control and i suppose that's the only way to to keep going in these days so i suppose you want to give a brief introduction to who you are and we can kind of go from there so um gary fox obviously you give me a quick intro there i run the entrepreneur experiment podcast you can see the branding behind me and that's a podcast i launched about 18 19 months ago now and uh, interview entrepreneurs exactly kind of like what we're doing here just to sit down every week and chat to Irish entrepreneurs I felt the space was a bit stale I was kind of sick of listening to American podcasts and content I found it completely unrelatable it was entertaining it was fun but I just couldn't really relate um so I wanted to use it for two reasons really and number one I'd been working on my business for five years at that time I was quite blinkered I wanted to kind of get out and explore new ideas and and chat to interesting people and build my network. And also I felt that there was a gap in the entrepreneur space in Ireland. I think felt it was the same old voices talking every week. The same people were wheeled out, the same guys who've been on Dragon's Den. You know, the lads are just wheeled out every week. And I was like, lads, there's thousands of unbelievable entrepreneurs Mm. in Ireland and talent and just crazy ideas and just interesting people. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to launch that. So I've been running that for the last 18, 19 months now. And then also simultaneously running Host Butlers, which is an Airbnb management service in Dublin. And what that is, is that we manage Airbnbs for landlords. We do a full management package whereby we take the property off them, manage everything about their Airbnb experience from start to end. So we've been running that for five, nearly six years now. Phenomenal. So I suppose, where did you grow up? Where are you from originally? Or From Zip, from just outside Nina originally. I grew up there and then went to college in UL in Limerick. And then kind of moved Dublin kind of after that. Well, I moved, I went to the States actually for 12, 12 to 18 months um, on a grad program. So went to LA for that and then went up to Calgary in Canada, worked there, then came back to Ireland and worked in various different roles. But I've kind of always been doing the entrepreneur thing, I suppose, if you want to call it that. Mm. Um, since I was like 15, I got a part-time job in a phone shop. And that guy was just a born entrepreneur. He was just just one of these people it just is he just didn't he probably wouldn't have told you what an entrepreneur was but he was just always i don't want to use the word wheeler deeming but like he was just always just in movement like we talked about momentum there a few minutes ago he was always in momentum doing something he was always seeing things other people weren't seeing and this would have been back i'll show my age now but like this would have been back when the glory days mobile phones were starting to roar it was really popular so from that i started like just learning how to fix phones and we kind of do little i do little nixers on the side and from that then i started doing the markets every saturday and sunday i'd go up and I'd have a stall and I'd do repairs and unlocking and sales and all that kind of stuff. So that's where I started and that's where I kind of got the first kind of jolt of the entrepreneur stuff going, oh, this is kind of cool. I go out every weekend, have a bit of crack with the lads and make a good bit of money. And 
So how were you as a student in school? Were you, you know, how did, how, what was your perception in school? How did you perform in school? Suppose, it's <laughs> a good question. I haven't asked that actually. Um, I suppose I'm exactly like how I am as an entrepreneur. I'm not like, I say this to my, to my wife all the time, not the quickest, not the smartest, not the best, not the most intuitive, but I'm a worker. I'll just keep showing up every single day. And I think that was the same in school. I would have been classed as being good in school. Um, like I was quite, you know, quite good. Like I was, I was not, I wasn't studious, but I did the work. Do you know what I mean? I had like a very, I do the work and then that'd be that. I wasn't like a genius, but I wasn't a dummy either. So somewhere in the middle, I just worked a lot at it. I just, I, I started to enjoy everything else then more. Like I do the weekend job and then work in the evenings as well. And I started to kind of get that kind of bug on this. Is, this is pretty cool. I enjoy this, but like I was decent in school. Yeah. It's not the usual entrepreneur story. I dropped out when I was seven. <laughs> and with regards to your parents and stuff, were any of them entrepreneurs or what, what were they doing? Yeah, that's an interesting one actually. Um, very typical Irish family. My mom was a nurse. My dad was a guard and he was a sergeant and he was again, if times were different as in, if he grew up now, I think he would have been an entrepreneur straight away. I don't think he would have become a guard. Um, I think just, we live in very privileged times now that we've just endless opportunity. Like you can literally go do whatever you want now. Um, so I think, and he, in evenings and weekends as well, he was always doing something. He was always buying something, selling something, start off with cars, then vans, then camper vans. And then just kind of organically, he grew up this really great business uh, around camper vans, buying and selling them initially. And now he actually runs a business where he converts vans to camper vans, mm. handcrafted, take your van from an empty shell to a proper camper van. So that's probably where I saw a lot of it as well at home between the two guys, between the entrepreneur who I worked for and at home, just seeing them kind of buying and selling, buying and selling. And we always used to go to the markets. And we always used to like be buying and selling stuff. I think this just came from that. So again, a lot of the entrepreneurs I talked to as well, there was strong family influence about entrepreneurship and stuff at home. So I, that's probably where it came from as well. Yeah, no, you do, you do find that with a lot of people that I've spoken to. And like my dad's an entrepreneur 25 years as well. So I do like, I, I feel like a lot of people my age anyway, they would, a lot of them don't have entrepreneurs as parents or are never really around entrepreneurs they see entrepreneurs on Instagram. So it's the boats, the cars, the women. Whereas whereas I think if you grew up an entrepreneur, it's just long hours. Like dad's a, dad doesn't say this, but he was the first one in the morning, last one out at night, every day for years. You know what I mean? It's just consistently hard work. So I suppose that's why I always kind of like to ask that. Um, you have to seek to know it. I think that's, you've nailed it there. Um, unless you, entrepreneurship is one of those things, unless you see it in action, hmm. it's, it's hard to figure out. It's hard because not that there's any special sauce or anything, no. but there's something to it that you have to see it in action to kind of go, hmm, okay, that's actually pretty damn tough because exactly what you said there. This, oh my God, this is my Lamborghini, you know, buy my course. And you're like, oh Christ, these guys, you know, so it's, it's cool and sexy at the minute, but that's why I like chatting to people like yourself and doing my own podcast because I like showcasing people who are actually out there grafting because I get like a lot of kind of like, oh, pitches for the for the podcast. I'm like, nah, you're grand. Thanks though. You know, I don't want people who are just flogging a book or a course or something, you know? Of course, no. And and that's easy to do. That That is easy to do. But like actually going out and doing it, executions could be a different thing. So I suppose then, so in school, obviously you start going to the markets, you start kind of, the, maybe the entrepreneurial twinge to you started to come out. You started to just kind of enjoy that. So 
what did you study in college? How was college for you? And then did you do anything else aside of kind of your coursework and stuff in a kind of entrepreneurial sense? Yeah. So I didn't know what I wanted to do in college, if I'm honest. I had no real idea. Um, even when I was in fifth year, I suppose sixth year as well, I was kind of like, oh, no, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I ended up doing business because mm. I was like, oh, I like doing business. <laughs> it was very, uh, very uh, difficult decision. So I was like, yeah, I'm just going to do business. So I did business in UL and it was absolutely unbelievable. It was the best time um because ul is just beside nina so a lot of my mates went there as well and was just literally living in a house with your best mates for four years and ul is just an unbelievable college like mm-hmm. just everything about it the where it's based in terms of like you've you your own little town effectively so you're in like a, a, like it's in limerick city but it's just out in, in cast troy so you've your own little kind of environment and your own little bubble um and what i did there is yeah i what i did was i just spun the markets into an actual shop in university so i just went to the student union i was like do you want to rent me that desk and there was like you went in as soon as you went into the student union center there was a big massive desk reception desk and then there was another desk and i was like do you want to rent me that desk and they're like oh why and i was like well i'd like to put in a mobile phone store there and they were like sure go for it so i paid them x rent per per for a month or whatever and started doing what I was doing in the markets and started doing that then every day in college. So we'd have like my mates would work it, classmates would work it with me. I'd work it myself mostly and um, just earning great cash and just having basically a ball. Like it was student union in UL. It's, it's in like a, it's in like a courtyard and it's mm-hmm. all around there, surrounded by just like there's two bars either side. And we'd literally like, we'd play football in the morning, go do some classes, go to work. And then go to one of the other bars. It was just like, it was the dream life, to be fair. <laughs> I often wonder where all the money went, but I kind of know where it all went. It either went left or right. Um, so it was great. Like, it was brilliant. And and like, I just thought business was easy. If I'm very honest, I thought yeah. business was like, this is sweet. I just get paid really good money, go to college, play a lot of football, play a lot of Xbox. It just, it was the dream life, do you know? So it was great. I had an absolute ball in college. And so I just kept that going the whole way through. So I was always doing kind of something entrepreneurial. We still do the markets and I still did bits of work with your man as well. So kind of, I was always doing something. And so obviously you really enjoy that time in real life and you had a lot of fun. And, you know, obviously, cause you're a hard worker and you showed up every day, you know, that you would have been naturally good. But how much do you think business as a college course actually helped you in anything going forward i know this is kind of easy this is something you only answer now but yeah how much of your college course how much of the coursework actually helped you in your practical day-to-day of running the business yeah very little and i uh, someone asked me that recently they were like oh would you go back and do business again i was like for what for the crack yeah for <laughs> starting a business nah like I'd probably, and I've advised a few people to do this. I was probably, I was like, you want to start a business? Okay, so does everyone. I'd probably go do law or accounting or something. If it wasn't really awful at accounting, I'd probably go and do something primary. As in like, go get a specific skill, the, the equivalent of getting a trade, you know, um, been a carpenter or a plumber. I'd probably go and do law or specialize in something really niche. And from that, then you can go and do business because the only way to do business is do business. Start. Hmm sole trader or limited company, all the courses in the world will not prepare you for that. I've lectured in colleges all across Ireland and I try to get that message across. You have to start, you have to do it. Sitting in a classroom is not running a business. Um, the only way to do it is to do it. Um, I'd advise people to go to college though, because it's a great learning time in terms of 
a lot of college isn't really about the college. It's about who you meet. It's about who you become as a person. It's about the experiences you have along the way. I think if you, there is something missed, if you do jump that step, I do say to people, absolutely. If you go, want to go start a business, be comfortable in that, but you will, there will be a trade-off. You know what I mean? You'll work super hard. I'm sure you see it yourself. You yeah. work super hard. It can be quite isolating, quite lonely. I think when you are young, unless you have a burning desire to set up your own business like you guys have, I think there is enough time to do both. I think you can you can do go to college and if you want to start your business, you can start it on the side. But I don't think it's an either or situation. It's like people saying, well, you have to jack in your job to start your own business. At some point you will, but you don't have to like burn the boats straight away unless you've got, unless you've a, a brilliant idea, mm. you can, you can test it. You can test the idea very strongly. Um, so it's a long way of answering your question. No, no, absolutely. And because there definitely is an opportunity cost and like everyone I speak to, like even like, let's say our mutual friend, Thomas Arnold and stuff, like he studied commerce at UCD. And I think he said to me before, he said out of the coursework, you probably use like 0.5% of what you learned. But the, the, the big thing for Thomas was the connections and who he met and the experiences and obviously his personal brand as well. Like obviously he became the college guy content in Ireland. You know, he's the only guy putting it out. So there was a lot of spin-off, you know, things that if he wasn't in college, it wouldn't have never happened for him. So I definitely, a lot of people do say that is that the actual coursework, not really relevant, but the actual networking and all the other life experiences you get out of it is where the real value is in college. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I was only thinking about Thomas this morning. I was watching YouTube and hit one of his videos, scrolled up uh, a day in the life of UCD student. It had like a quarter of a million views. It was yeah. like, Thomas is a beast. He's a perfect example. You've, you've brought up the perfect example there of someone who can do both. Yeah. You'll, God, like you might not have the exact same college experience as everyone else, but you'll, you know, he, he ran his own business quite successfully during college. So it is possible. Um, yeah. Look, it depends on the person. Do you know what I mean? I can say that and go, oh, yeah, I should do both. Where some people are like, I couldn't think of anything worse than going to college. Yeah. You do need some sort of social outlet. You do need some sort of networking tool, whether it's starting a podcast or whether it's, you know, doing something part time or whether it's like in some stupid, like being a part of a sports team. You do need something I found when I, was working in the business i kind of let that side of things drop off and it does have an impact on you no i do totally agree and it, it can be a very lonely path because like obviously i have eric my business partner so it's kind of a two of us going through which i think actually was not planned but has made things considerably easier but i definitely do think that um socially now it is getting better obviously like you know we're both part of the magnet group and then there's you know i um, Jamie White was doing the Entrez Anonymous and all that crack so there is it is getting a bit better but I suppose you are right I do think a social outlet and ensuring that you're still getting that part of your life and meeting new people and having those experiences and, and not just working seven days a week 24 hours a day because I think there is a lot more to life than, than that you know what I mean no, as much as I do enjoy it but yeah you need something to ground you you need something yeah. to ground you otherwise you, you can miss off out on a lot of opportunities that you probably should be looking at you know being a great business person is brilliant and all but like you can often be doing we were talking about this before we came on you can often be working hard in the wrong places so yeah no definitely so i suppose college great time for you clearly look back on it very fondly so i suppose when you finished up college what let's say for the last like six months of college and stuff what direction where do you want to go where did you have in your head that the next step was because there is a huge social pressure i feel like so when you finish college you're supposed to have your whole life figured out so when you get secondary school you know exactly what area you're going to focus in get out of college you have your career lined up you're going to be rising the ranks for the next 10 15 years great salary and then you retire so i suppose where did you fall in the middle of all this yeah i could never see that i could never see what people saw <laughs> i could yeah. never look down the tracks and go 
oh yeah, there's the next 40, 50 years of my life sorted. I could never see that. And uh, it's only kind of in the last, I suppose, three or four years that I've kind of been able to be comfortable with that and kind of go, well, I'm doing my own thing. Hmm. I'm just doing me as they say, like, it's just, I didn't know. And I kind of was doing a great course and I was doing well at it. And then there was all these opportunities. It was like, it was a time it was before the, the 2008 crash. So there was all these amazing opportunities. Like there was like, Oh, do you want this job? Do you want this job? Do you want this? It was crazy. Like they were like, Oh, these guys are coming to college today to hire. Do you want to work for them? And you'd be like, no, these guys are coming. No, I end up getting on a grad program just purely because it sounded cool. And <laughs> been honest, there was no great plan. I was like, well, that sounds pretty cool. They'll send you abroad for like 18 months. I was like, damn, yeah, I'll have a bit of that. And they came in and did the interview and it went well. And, and then, so it's the IBEC grad program. And what that is is that you get on the panel for the program and then out of that panel, employee employers come in and they're like, oh, we want two people to go work in the States for our drinks company in the case of what happened to me. And they come in and then they interview you further. So you have a second panel interview with the employer going, oh, look, we're looking for someone to go to LA and Kentucky. Uh, we do Irish drinks. Are you interested? And then they do an interview with you. So I got that as well first time. So everything was kind of... I won't say easy, but like it was an, a very boomy time. It was a very kind of like you had unlimited options. And I was like, great. Yeah, sure. Look, I'll just take this one. This is cool. So I ended up in LA for um, for like nine months and then up in Calgary for the rest of the time. I was just class. Like it was just, just a brilliant time. Like there was just endless opportunity. Plus you come out of college and you're like, the world's my oyster. I can literally do whatever I want. Yeah. Um, so I ended up doing that and it was, it was great. And like, yeah it's, it was just a weird it's kind of i never could see that kind of and even after that the program ended i was like yeah i'm kind of done with that now i want to do something else it was always restless it was always restless i was keen to get experience somewhere else though and to go abroad that was always in my horizon I wanted to go abroad i wanted to work for a company i wanted to figure it out because it was like i don't know if i want to work for myself all the time is is that what i should be doing is that i probably didn't have the confidence in myself if i'm very honest if i'm very truthful probably didn't have the confidence in myself to pull it off and go okay, you're going to go out on your own now because it takes a very, as you know, you're very young and you're an entrepreneur. It takes a very special breed of confidence to go, yep, yeah. I'm going to back myself here. Um, so I probably didn't have the confidence back then. I think I've only got more confident as I got older. Um, and it, it it takes a bit of time and experience, but I would, probably wouldn't go back and change that, that time. It was great. And like the experiences I got and even work for companies, you can, you can pick up a lot of stuff. And again, you meet a lot of cool people. Yeah. And I suppose... I think another thing, because you're saying there, like a lot of opportunities, and like, I, I like obviously you're saying now in today's age, there's an endless amount of opportunities. It's, you can yeah. nearly make money in any area, but that's, I've always seen people, especially maybe my age, kind of Gen Z, it almost freezes them because there's so many opportunities that they are actually like they actually become it's fearful because they're like I don't know what direction to go to. There's just too many directions to go. So I suppose I, you know, it's kind of interesting you saying that that you know the the world's my oyster, but which way do I go? Because there's just so many, yeah. you know, whereas, you know, let's say if we're talking about, you know, 40, 50, 60 years ago, you know, it's pretty conventional, the path you went, it was kind of, it was already kind of set out for me from a young age of, you know, it's the trade or whatever, you know, there's kind of only kind of a couple of different paths. So I feel like in today's age, it's almost more difficult because there are so many options, but if you can find one, I feel like it's, a, you know, yeah, you're dead right. It is great. And the fact you have so many options and it's also awful. The fact that you have so many options because it can be i even find it now like i'm like oh my god there's so much stuff to do and there's so much you know like you know there's so many options that, that it can be nearly 
it can nearly cause anxiety. I find sometimes yeah. you kind of get overwhelmed by the choice. And it's like, it's like this thing here. So I'm holding my phone for anyone just listening. It's great. And it's a curse. Yeah. My biggest thing for February is to try limit my bloody time. I installed a screen tracker yesterday to monitor what I'm doing because I was losing hours and hours and hours of productivity just staring at it. Um, because again, endless opportunity. You're only a click away from a cool YouTube video or a great podcast or a tweet or whatever. So like, yeah, it can be, you nearly have to have more discipline now these days because you literally could spend weeks just cruising the internet looking for your next big thing and everything is glitzy and shiny and it seems like all you need to do is just invest in some stocks some games yeah oh my god i'm a millionaire gme Why? or amc or <laughs> dogecoin that's, 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 <laughs> like- that's like gambling yeah happy days brilliant yeah. i'm a big fucking fan of crypto myself but i think it's it's harder now. It definitely is harder, and that's why I'm saying earlier about having having a good community around you and having having people that you bounce stuff off and having people where you kind of you hold yourself true along. I think, especially as an entrepreneur, you're accountable to nobody apart from probably your your significant other, your family, your accountant, and the tax man. You're not not you know no one else is going to be like knocking on your door going, Gary, did you do that a report? Gary, did you send that email? Gary, did you get that sale? You know so. Being accountable in some way, I think, is important as an entrepreneur, whether they have an accountability group or you know, a small group that you meet. Like I've a group of entrepreneurs we meet every month and we just hold each other accountable and solve problems for each other. So I think you do need to not lose control of yourself. You have to do the work as well. It's great, like cruising around, looking at all the opportunities you have. You gotta do the work at the end of the day. No, I think that's very, very good. Like, yeah, I actually never thought of but yeah, the discipline is is the key part of that there because if, if you're not disciplined you will just exist and just cruise and look because like you said there's a you could spend your whole entire lifetime looking for opportunities and you won't even get through a percentage of it um so i suppose out of the grad program like you're saying you've had a good experience you've learned a lot obviously by working for people you're seeing what works well what doesn't work well what you like in managerial roles because obviously a lot of the part-time jobs and i do see characteristics of managers i don't like and i do like so i do think that's important um so i suppose getting out of your grad program then where did you go next what was kind of on your horizons i went back working for the other entrepreneur again he had moved into a new space he was doing two different businesses and now he was in the property space which i suppose is kind of where i kind of got my grounding on this and he was still doing the phone thing so i was doing a bit of work for him on both aspects and i kind of enjoyed that again i was back kind of in the entrepreneurial space i was back doing kind of like stuff and making money here and doing bits and bobs there and working in property i've always had like a massive kind of interest in property like every single other irish person in the world but i kind of always knew i'd be doing something in that space where there is like trying to invest or just always had a fascination with it um, so I enjoyed working in properties, so worked in property then for a couple of years, kind of in the letting space, just kind of figuring all that out, looking at investments, kind of managing investments for people, and then just took a complete detour and like had like a quarter life crisis and went back and did um, journalism in DIT and studied journalism masters in DIT just as a total, I, I, I kept searching for that oh, well, I must be doing this wrong because I don't see that big vision. I don't see that kind of like, oh, this is what you need to be doing. And I just, I was like, oh, maybe that's it. Maybe I just always wanted to be a journalist. Uh, I always been, had an interest, but I was never like, you know, that was it. So I went back to journalism and again, kind of like the entrepreneurial thing again, 
just curiosity brought me into this guy, Niall Carson came in. He was a photojournalist. He came in to give a talk. And I was like, this is class. Like I had no real experience in photography. I was like, this is deadly. And he came in and I was like, can I do like a work experience with you? And uh, can I just go with you for like a couple of weeks? And he's like, yeah, of course. So it just went out, worked with him. And like, it was just like a drug. Um, it was kind of the perfect combination of like creativity and entrepreneurship. Literally you go out. I remember the first day we went out, went to the Dublin Horse Show, took some pictures. And I'm making it sound simplified here. It was a little bit harder than this, but yeah. I took some pictures, Dublin Horse Show, took some really good stuff. And next thing it's in the Irish Examiner the next day and it's on the, it's on the, it's in the newspapers and it's online it's your work in your credit, Gary Fox Press Association. It was an absolute buzz. And I think I got addicted to that kind of like instant gratification of like, you're earning money, the more work you do, the more you get paid and you get this kind of like dopamine hit every single day. And I was just hooked on that. So I ended up working in photojournalism then for about five years. Mm-hmm. Freelance photojournalist essentially worked for myself, but I worked for a lot of agencies, worked for Collins, worked for Press Association, Worked for loads of agencies, had pictures, every newspaper in Ireland, book covers, worked then across the world, worked for like Japanese outlets and American and went to the Middle East with it and photographed like some incredible stuff, went to Beirut, went to Syria and just had like an adventure, I suppose, for five years, just like hard graft though. Um, a lot of stuff here in Ireland was pretty grim. Like a lot of stuff you're doing, it's not, it's not that pleasant. I think that's what eventually led to, I'll preempt your next question, why I left that, why I left it. I kind of looked, I remember the day where I decided to leave it, I was sitting in a court in, uh, up the back of Smithfield, not in the dock, in the, in, the, in, the, in the public gallery. And I looked along, and it was a big court case. I looked along and there was like 10 photographers in the line beside me all varying ages i was like seeing your timeline of life and i was like this is grim and i was by far the youngest i was like what i was like 25 26 at the time by far the youngest but stepped up to the lad like in his 70s and i was like jesus this is this is a bit grim like and i chatted to like a mentor of mine in london he's like look you either come to london you start doing it here or you just jack it in i was like Okay. I didn't, just didn't fancy going to London. I don't know why. When I look back on it now, I'm like, I don't know why I just didn't go to London. But I suppose I had a life here and I was like, oh, kind of enjoyed living in Ireland. And I was like, oh, so I just, I was like, I just got fed up because it was, there's also the time between digital really taking off and, and, and the old world. It was like this horrible clash where nothing was really happening. Like prices were dropping rapidly for media. I think no one still figured that out. So I was just like, right now is the time to get out before this completely goes to crap. And I could see smartphones coming. I was like, oh, everyone's just taking a picture of their smartphone. I was like, this is what's going to happen. You're not going to need the lab with the big lens going around. You'll still need them for some things, but you're not going to like, breaking news, the way I thought about it is like, breaking news happens everywhere. I can't be everywhere, but there's a smartphone in everyone's hand. And that's often plenty good enough to go on Twitter. And people will, when I saw newspapers starting to pull stuff off social media, I was like, this is done. Mm. Um, and then I suppose one of the things that really fascinating at the moment is uh, obviously you said you, you had the urge to travel and I really do feel like traveling opens up your mind and does really change you as a person what are the kind of things in, hi- in hindsight looking back now that maybe you took with you after traveling the world because you've seen a lot of different cultures or what maybe what lessons have you implemented in your own life or your own perspective since having that few years of traveling cracking question 
it's very deep. <laughs> um, what have I implemented? I don't know. I think it just makes you more of an all-around person, if that's not too bland an answer, in terms of makes you more, I think, more tolerant in terms of, you know, especially it's like when you go from your hometown to college. Oh, now I understand a bit more. And I've never met a person like that before. And I never met a person like does this. And I never met a person of, of this religion or whatever. And it gets you, it broad, broadens your mind. Jesus, cliche coming out the coming out the doors here. But it just it, it just opens your mind a little bit to stuff you've never seen before. And the more you experience it's like anything in life, the more you experience, the more you understand and the more you open your mind to stuff going, oh, well, I never thought of it that way. It's like doing the podcast. Every time I chat to a new entrepreneur, I'm like, I never thought of actually never even thought of it that way. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I suppose it just gives you a bit of perspective on your own place in the world as well. Like we all think we're great. We're all very important in our local town or whatever. And you're the you're the king of Galway or whatever it is down there. But like <laughs> it kind of gives you a bit of kind of hum, humility as well in terms of, right, it's a massive world out there and it's packed with opportunity. It's absolutely packed. And just because I've been doing it this way for a while, doesn't mean I have to keep doing it that way just gives you for me it made me just more relaxed anyway more kind of just like a little bit more tolerant and a little bit more relaxed yeah no absolutely and i i totally agree and i i do plan on traveling more because i really do think as a person i also think i uh, everything you said there i totally agree with and i also think it makes you more empathetic just because you understand people more and you can you've seen more perspectives you've met more people and i feel like that just makes you just more open mind like you said open your mind which you you said sounds cliche but i do totally agree with it it does open your mind because if you the more you understand and the more kind of inputs of scenarios and people you've had the better you handle situations i do think and you can take knowledge in knowledge out like it's just like it's just you're you're building your knowledge database of reference points of like oh i was in this situation this happened oh okay well then i should give that person a break i should be a little bit more tolerant i was even just saying to my wife yesterday just going through covid and handling that has made me far more understanding of now I always think, well, what's going on behind the scenes for this person? What's mm-hmm. going on, you know, in their home life? What's going on in, in you know, you, we don't know what people are walking around with. Like we've all this like bubbly stuff on personal social media and we're all this great person and we're this guy and that guy. But everyone's got something going on. Everyone's got their own stuff going on, their own heartache or their own their own cross that are carrying around or stuff that they're thinking about, you know, just because they're coming into work, you know, there's other stuff parts of their life. So it kind of, it's definitely, it's like that. I kind of think it makes you a bit more tolerant and a little bit more understanding of other people. Yeah, no, absolutely. Totally agree with that. That was actually also is, is very interesting when you said you looked down the line of photographers and you just saw the, the different series of, if, if you continue down that path, you almost saw what the end looked like and it's, you're sitting in the exact same position. You know, maybe depends the way you want to interpret it. I feel, I feel like that's a very interpretive situation, but you know, that's I say very frightening at 25 as well to kind of almost see yourself at 70 75 so I suppose then as you preempted the first question so then you were there you were like I'm gonna pack all this in happy enough I've seen done this where where's next I want to understand digital I was like right what do I do here like I need to understand digital so I started working I started doing PR for a few people, started doing a little bit of stuff for colleges, started to understand PR, the digital landscape. I just needed a deeper understanding of it. I was like, right, I need to go and figure this out properly. So I went to DCU and did a master's in e-commerce up there because it was just at the cusp. It was 2012, 2013, when things were just really starting to change. And I was like, right, I really need to figure this out because 
I knew a little, but not a lot. I'd kind of, I'd grown up a little bit digital savvy and I was like, right, I need to figure this out because there's going to be unbelievable opportunities here. Everything is going digital, everything. And it's just me, it may, it may seem so obvious now, but I was like, the whole world is about to completely flip on its axis here and I need to be figuring this out. So I went back, did a master's in DCU, unbelievable college again, like UL, incredible college, incredible teachers, incredible setup did the masters there. And as part of that, it was highly practical. That's why I wanted to go back and do it because as part of that, you got to flesh out a business idea. And that was a big part of the reason for going back. I was like, right, I want to go back, but I also want to get that time to, to figure something out, to figure out a new idea, to get going here in the digital space. So I did that. And we ended up, me and three classmates of mine ended up starting a company directly out of that. So we got funded and got a place on the NDRC launchpad program directly out of college. So we, before we even finished up, we had gone into that. Um, so that's where the next kind of step was. And what project was that? So it was a company called VideoScamp. So it was a video marketplace for e-commerce companies. So basically what it would do is it would match, it would scan your, your, your website and would match every product you have with either a video review or a, a 360 tour or some sort of user-generated video content about that product. Sounds great now, but it was probably 10 years too early. Yeah. Even though I it now, I'd be like, there's a lot of technical problems there, Gary. You haven't really thought about it. But we were like just gung-ho. It was kind of the first wave, I suppose, in Ireland of like tech startups. You can do anything, lads. So we were like, yeah, let's tackle the biggest problem there is. And we we're like, video is going to be bloody huge. But you're like, even if you look at most e-commerce websites now, they're only starting to get that in now. They're only starting to do... No. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just start and you figure out right there's huge bandwidth issues there. Go back to 2012, 2011. Most people didn't have smartphones with like 4G, 5G. You know, you had some people still on dial up. Like we just didn't, we didn't right idea, wrong time. Mm. And we also completely, completely shit the bed in every single possible way we could in terms of made every single mistake, made every rookie error even though I'd been in business for years and I'd done loads of different businesses, it was a completely different beast. And we went into an accelerator program, drank, drank our own Kool-Aid and drank the Kool-Aid of the program whereby we were like getting all these advisors and people advising us to do this and that and the other. And we followed every single person blindly. And that was our fault, not theirs. They were only giving you advice based on their own experiences and what they thought you should do based on their experiences. But like, You've one person coming in going, ah, oh, guys, great idea. Yeah, you should be in this space here. And we'd be like, okay. And then actually, lads, I had a thought about that. You know, you need to be over here. And we're like, okay. And we're just continually spend our time just chasing down these blind alleys of like being all things to all people. We talked about this before we hit record. Yeah. It just been everything to everybody is nothing. You're nothing to nobody when you're, when you're doing, trying to solve every single person's problem you just end up in this abyss of just confusion where you're just not even sure yourself. I couldn't have even have told you what we're doing ourselves. Remember we this, it was all built up to like pitch for investment. That's the whole thing. God, get your investment lads. You'd be grand. So we just spent like half our day just building slide decks, slide deck, slide deck, meeting, 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 meeting. Craziness. Like all this like pseudo fake entrepreneur stuff. Like, Oh, I've got a meeting. Oh, I've got a pitch. Da, 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 da. Haven't got a, penny in the bank but you're running around pitching this guy and the other guy going oh half a million you want to ask for a half a million ask for a million you know it's this early time whereby yeah. uh, like 
in, in San Francisco, all this crazy tech stuff was happening and we thought, oh yeah, look, we'll all get on this. Like, and everyone, I think in Ireland was a bit kind of caught up in that kind of during the recession and everyone's like, oh yeah, well, why not just have a tech startup? It'd be great. Um, so we end up just burning through two years of our life and like a lot of money mm. and ended up kind of just having to shelve it. We're like, you literally can go no further with this because there was no potential of making money with it. Um, I followed every rule I tell people not to do now. When someone contacts me on the pod and they're like, oh, I just want to do this. I'm like, build the worst product you can, start selling it right now, get 10 clients, make it slightly better, get 10 more clients, make it slightly better, get 10. Whereas back then we're like, build, 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 make it perfect, make it perfect, make it perfect. You know, all the, even I'm not saying it now, I'm like, this is so obvious, Gary, like that you just, yeah. you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Um. But I say you, you took a lot out of that experience though, because obviously like no more than myself, like as a young person in business, you, realistically, you don't, like you said, you don't know what you don't know, but the only way you realize what you don't know or how much you don't know is by going messing up continuously over and over and over again. And just trying to be, I suppose, hopefully having the self-awareness to be reflective enough to go, hmm, let's look back at that scenario and see if I could have done that better and learn from that and then take that with you. Because you know, obviously as cringy as it is, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. So um, what was possibly your biggest takeaway? Because that's, that's an interesting experience. A lot of people, you know, I suppose I've never been in a situation where you've gone for investment or setting yourself up an accelerator to try and get there. So I suppose what major, what was, made, let's say, your major lessons out of that whole time that, you know, took forward, which you're, you took forward with? Oh, there was a lot because you kind of put yourself on a pedestal almost of like, you know, you get into an accelerator program, tick, that's correct. Kind of like a tick of approval, get investment, tick of approval. We've got loads of media coverage, tick of approval. And you get through this kind of like this, almost suspend reality kind of going oh we're we're on on the track here everyone's saying look we're in the paper and i remember we got this massive media write-up like one of the hottest startups this year these guys and they're like i remember it's around new year's and i remember getting it was back in tip and i remember reading it going fuck because <laughs> we were just doing nothing we were just making an absolute balls of it and i was like this is horrible because like you feel like such a fraud you feel like an absolute fraud. And that was probably the worst whereby trying your hardest. And it seems like the harder you try and every entrepreneur has been in this situation, the harder you try, the worse it seems to get. And you just reach this death spiral of like, Oh my God, what are we absolutely doing here? There's a, a, a book of learnings in it, like literally yeah. every day. And you're right. Like you, I hope people don't fail, but you're going to fail at some stage. And if you're not failing the old cliche, you're not pushing hard enough is true like because the man who never made a mistake never made anything and that's very true because if you're in if you're in this zone and everything's going great weirdly enough have a little look at yourself because everything shouldn't be that easy like mm-hmm. everything should be it should be a bit of a challenge because if you're pushing hard enough and you're and you're working to your limits you should be feeling a bit uncomfortable you should be feeling that hot breath of of fear at the back of your neck going keep pushing, keep pushing. So like, there was a lot of stuff like we, we, like it's horrible. It's a horrible experience to go through. Um, it made me, it, it shaped every single component of my current business. So like you're asking me what the lessons are, everything, every single thing I do with my current business is, is based on what I did wrong with the previous business. Other business invested, got outside external investment, got outside people involved. Product was built offsite, host butlers, 
entirely funded by myself, completely bootstrapped. I was the only person involved for the first 18 months and everything fell or rose on my own blood, sweat and tears. There was no one else to rely on. There was no one else to be like, that was going to, I could like lean on and go, oh, you know, it's not working out because so-and-so isn't pulling his weight. No, it either falls or dies on you. Whatever you do will be the outcome of the business. So if you're going to make this success, you bloody better work hard. There was nowhere. I left myself no excuses, nowhere to hide, no kind of like, oh, well, you know, we didn't get the investment. So that's why it failed. You know, it's a very, very comfortable. It's a horrible mindset to get into as well. That kind of victim mindset of like, oh, we just such a good idea, but you know, they just didn't get it. You know, bollocks, like absolute rubbish. Like you, you have to stand on your own two feet. No one's coming to save you. That's, that's the words I just think to myself every single day. No one's coming to save you here, Gary. You need to put in the work. You need to have the systems in place. And if you don't have enough systems, you need to create new ones. Exactly like me and you talked about earlier. You need to have systems. You need to have results. And everything has to be outcome-based. I do this for this many hours a day. That leads to this much your own sales. Our costs are this. End of the week, we have why. I ran everything off an extremely simple, rudimentary spreadsheet. Money in, money out. That's as simple and as difficult as you need to make business. You need to understand every single aspect of your business. You need to understand how it all works. You need to be able to do most of it, especially in a service business. You need to be able to understand because if you're outsourcing to some guy in the Ukraine or wherever it is, he's telling you, yeah, Gary, that's a, that's a 6K job now. That'll take four weeks and it's going to be 6K. Sure, sounds good. Couldn't tell you if it's a six minute job or if it's a six month job, you know, yeah. whereas with the new business that I set up, I was like, right, I'm only going to do a business that I know I can figure out pretty quick and I can just put the work in to figure it out if I don't understand it. So that's, I suppose in essence, that's exactly what I learned. Everything I did wrong from the other business, I then made that a strength for the new business. So I was like, right, everything that was a weakness the last time, relying on other people, external forces, you know, you needed X money to do this turn that into a strength the next time whereby everything is built on your own money. And I was very small, like I bootstrapped it for less than 500 quid. And that was on purpose that I knew I put the more money and the more work I put into it, the better it would get. And that intermediary time between the two projects, how was that? Because obviously like I, I find myself as well, like when you, when you're young and you're building a business, possibly when you're older as well, because I suppose that's not, I have another experience, but you're almost your identity and what people know you as get wrapped up in your business. So how was that intermediary thing between those two projects? And then how did you, how fast were you going to go back to the, to the grind, go back to the new business and go do this again? Because that isn't an easy intermediary time. So how was that whole time for you? It was rotten. Yeah. It was absolutely horrible. Yeah, yeah, been honest with you. Absolutely disgusting. And I remember me and our co my co-founder, we sat in our garden on like a, everyone thinks you go out with a big bang. No, you go out with like a a, a sunny Tuesday in swords. they like, you just go, all right, we're done. So, all right, okay, let's wrap it up. Then what do you do? Mm. You're in the hole probably for money. Um, and you just feel like a failure because exactly what you said there, intrinsically, your identity is wrapped up in the business, especially when you're young, you know, as you get older, you get, you know, family and stuff like that and you have other interests and stuff like that. But when you're young, like you are the business, the business is you, there's no two ways around that. Like it, 
it, it's horrible. It's an absolute horrible, it's a horrible time. Didn't know what I was doing, needed money. I was like, right, okay. Went back, got a job, worked, worked in a tech firm for just shy of two years um, doing ad sales for a big uh, US multinational company in the tech space and just rebuilt myself really. Just kind of like got back to grips with not been burnt out, not been like ashamed, not been like kind of like just, I won't say depressed. Depressed is probably too strong a word on it, but just being very down, very, very down about the whole experience and just feeling sorry for myself, having a bit of a pity party just attendance one um, just that kind of stuff going, Oh, could have been different. You know, could have been different. Ah, you know, that kind of stuff where you're too close to it to actually see that. Now you just, you drop the ball majorly on that one. You know what I mean? And you kind of have to step back and it's only a bit of time. Sometimes, you know, a bit of time and a bit of perspective and a little bit less pressure because it's bloody pressurized when you're owing money and you're just, you don't have any money. Um, and that bit of time and perspective can give you a lot of stuff. And I kind of needed that two years. And I needed, to be honest, just to recharge and just to figure stuff out because I needed that time just to get things going again. Okay. Now that's, that, thanks for being honest because I obviously, like a lot of people don't talk about that. You know, it's always like, yeah. you know, moving this business, this business. But like, no, I, I'd say the intermediary and that wasn't as straightforward as most people kind of glaze over. No, and don't let anyone tell you it is. Like, I hate when people do that. I hate when people gloss through and there I'm like, uh, just take me back to, you know, that 2005 you said there. And now we're at 2021. <laughs> what happened there? You know, I beat no one wants to, you know, no one wants to admit, oh, yeah, I just made absolute balls. Of it. Like no one wants to do that. Um, and sometimes you just fool yourself. You kind of go, oh, it would have been different if, you know, she hadn't done that or he hadn't done that to me and blah, blah, blah. But no, it's horrible. It's a horrible time. And um, you just got to grit your teeth, get through it. And, you know, a bit of perspective and a bit of time. And what I said at the very start as well about having a good social circle around you, very important, very important to have. I probably didn't have it back then. Um, and probably that was definitely a failing because I think if I had the group of people I have around me now, I have an unbelievable group of people that I can rely on and message and talk to and, and have a very honest conversation. It's kind of like what we're having here um, where you be open and you can be frank. You're not putting on a pretense. You're not putting on a, oh yeah, no, things, things are good. Yeah, 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 we're going okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, none of that. I don't do that anymore with anybody. I just don't put on a front. You know, if things are bad, things are bad. I'm not like a Debbie Downer. I don't, I'm not morose about stuff, but I'm very realistic. If someone says to me, I've, you know, how are things with this? I'm like, no, that's not going to work because I did this wrong and that wrong. You know, there's, mm. there's, there's honesty. And then there's just, you know, being a Debbie Downer. I, I'm very realistic. I'm a realistic optimist. I always think things are going to work out, but now I have the skills and the tools and the honesty with myself to go. But if they don't, you have a plan, you know, that kind of way. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. So what had you spotted? So obviously, I think you spent those two years wisely as well because you clearly reflected a lot and you'd learned a lot from those mistakes. So you, you had a different strategy going into host butlers. So I suppose, I take those two years out, what did you spot in the market? What made you go, this is my next venture. This is what why I'm going to attack this space. <laughs> Honestly? Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to work for myself again. I wanted a business. It had like, so I had a couple of criteria, right? I had, I wanted to work for myself, wanted to work on my own. Uh, I wanted something I could do without having the need for a coder or like a factory or like massive capital infrastructure investment. So I had a pretty clear criteria. And this goes back to what we talked about earlier in terms of too much opportunity, too much 
too much choice. If you've infinite choice, you'll never make a decision. You'll be crippled by procrastination and just won't make a decision. So I was like, right, they're the criteria. And they're pretty strict, really, when you think yeah. about it. Like that narrows it down to more or less a service style business. Um, and I wanted to be in the tech space still. I was like, right, just tech is changing everything, every single business. And I viewed it as an opportunity. I was like, right, I'm an income. I'm just like, I'm going to come in here with nothing, but I'm going to try catch the back of a wave, try catch the back of the tech wave so that I can just ride it in. And that should overshoot me. Or a lot of people are already established in different businesses. So I was like, right, I kind of just kept looking. I literally worked at it and I, lo- I would have an ideas book. I would write down different ideas every single day. And I talk about this in the pod and people probably think it's a bit silly, but like, it's like anything. How do you get better at the gym? You go every day. How do you get better at martial arts? You practice every day. How do you get better at anything? You just do it every day. And I just, I'd write down ideas. Like we'd be away on holidays and I just be like writing down ideas. Oh, that's a cool idea. And we went to the States and we're at like my mate's wedding. We're traveling around beforehand. And we went to like, went to like Washington Delaware and then New York and we're doing Airbnb in Washington and Delaware and just it was kind of the start of the Airbnb kind of like wave I suppose and you know the states still probably is ahead of Ireland in a lot of ways and Mm. definitely was back then Um, and Airbnb was kind of pretty widespread there and I was like, oh, we did like, we had a lot of different experiences, some good, some bad. I was like, this is pretty cool, isn't it? This is class. Like, you don't need to go to a hotel. You can just rent an apartment. And I was like, this is deadly. And then I was like, there must be other stuff around it. Because we had a couple of mixed experiences. And then we had like a management company deal with us. And one of them, and I was like, that's a cool business. And literally just studied it. I was like, okay, that's cool. Is that in Ireland? No. Okay. Looked at it. And then just did research on it. I was like, right, okay, how does it work? Looked at all the websites. It was done in London. It was done in like New York. It was done in San Francisco. So like emailed them going, oh, how does this work? And I need to rent out my apartment. How does it work? And just did loads of research. I was like, all right, I think I can do this. I didn't know anything about Airbnb. I was never like, you know, an Airbnb aficionado. Or I was never like this genius at Airbnb or anything like that. But I was like, I reckon I can make this work. So just literally set up a website, built it on Squarespace over a weekend. And then the web summit was coming up. I was like, right, it's going to be a lot of people that do Airbnb because back then the web summit was in Ballsbridge. You literally couldn't get a hotel room in Dublin for love and money. Everywhere's booked out. People were booking up beds, couches, apartments, anything they could. So it was a big spike in Airbnb around that. I'd heard about that the previous year. It was in the papers like, oh, this guy's renting out his apartment for 10 grand. You know, that kind of <laughs> stuff, all that kind of like sensationalist kind of Indo stuff. Um, so that was happening. So I was like, you know what? I could jump on the back of this now. So I put up some Facebook ads because my theory was that a lot of people are going to do Airbnb for the first time around the web summit, make some quick, easy cash, kind of get hooked on it and then be like, this is a lot of work because <laughs> it is, it's a huge amount of work. It's great. It's a great way to make money, but it's good bit of work too at the same time. So I was like, I bet I can piggyback on the back of this. And sure enough, that happened. I got my first client, Barry and Ranla. And from that, I just kind of grew it out. You kind of, it was one of those ones, right idea, right time, just capitalized by executing on it very fast, put up the website, did some ads, got a few clients, just did it again and just saying just start i didn't know what i was doing i remember turning up on the first saturday and there was these people coming in and i remember they were parking up and i was sitting there with like croissants and like coffee and stuff ready to welcome them in and i think i'd only been in the apartment once before so it's like going around going how the hell do you turn on the shower 
<laughs> that way and you know i was there to you know just figure it out like because yeah. you know you make a few quid okay this worked that didn't work da, 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 da. and then you just go on and that from that i just got a few more i don't want to make it sound simple, sound simple it wasn't it wasn't as easy as that but i got a few clients i was like right okay this definitely is working how do i get more so advertise a bit more and then word of mouth and once you get word of mouth if you're doing anything good at all word of mouth will be the secret sauce that will get you to the to the enough to the next level to, to pay a wage anyway. And from that, then you can pull other levers and do other tricks that we can talk about if you want. But that's kind of how I started. And once I got enough to like pay a wage, so like once I think it was like, what did I have in my head? I think it was a thousand euro a month I had in my head that I could pay myself a wage after all costs and tax and all that. Now we didn't pay myself a wage for the first year. I just left it all in the business, but I knew just having that comfort of like, it's making money. There's a good margin there. Yeah. You can, you can do this as a business. And then we just literally, I, I promoted it hard, got a lot of media coverage. Um, and just basically worked like a dog, <laughs> you know, there's no other, there's no magic sauce to it really in the early days. You just, you get lucky, you pick the right idea at the right time and then you work like a dog yeah um wow and then i suppose as you went along that so like how many years ago now was this when you set it up this is coming up on it on coming up on six years wow okay and i suppose throughout that stint was there at any point where you're like because obviously as an entrepreneur like it's almost like you see a little bit you see the opportunities here and there and obviously you're still big on writing down ideas keep fleshing out ideas so at any point did you possibly look at diverge or hop off because i know obviously the first few years and a business is tough run the business build the business is tough is there any point where you kind of said no nah, maybe this isn't for me maybe there's like a better opportunity over there because the grass is always greener on the other side so i suppose did you kind of say this is the business i'm gonna, stick I'm gonna focus everything on this or at any point did you contemplate possibly hopping off and looking at other opportunities when i when i started hostballers well, maybe the first like two years, let's say. No, 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 absolutely not. Hundred percent focus because you have to be. Hundred yeah. percent focus because I was going to make it work. Yeah. I was going to do whatever it took because remember now it's not long after the failure and the sting of the last one, and that stays with you. That kind of that feeling of just horrible uncomfortableness that stays with you. So I was going to do whatever it took, and to be very honest we were so busy. I didn't have time to do anything, anything. Like I didn't get time to get distracted. I'd always look at other ideas. Always. You have to be, I'm obsessive about looking at new ideas. Like that's why I do an idea podcast on a Monday because it just scratches my itch. I'm just obsessive about learning. You have to be, you have to be looking because especially if you're doing something in the tech sector, it's a bit new. I was obsessive about Airbnb, Airbnb rivals, stuff for Airbnb property property trends anything that was that was evolving because it's such a fast space but at no stage did i ever think of starting something new or hopping off because it was like in the first two years in the business you should be so busy that you just literally cannot think of anything else and you should really want to be making it work because if you're fully committed and you have to be if you're going to make a business work 
to a, a decent level, you have to be so committed that nothing distracts you because the minute you start kind of like looking over there going, Oh, that'd be cool. Wouldn't it? Or looking over there. Oh, that'd be cool. Like in the first two years, you shouldn't have the time to do that. Right. And um, I suppose then as you went along then, so I suppose that this is in the last six years, what have you done any other projects since then so obviously once it's established you got it up and running is there anything else that you've done in the intermediate tree to kind of scratch that itch and you know explore in other areas um not until starting the podcast yeah not until that because to be honest we were so busy and running a business like that it's a bloody hard business like it's a 24 7 like literally i had ptsd for the first six months of lockdown because every time the phone would ring i'd be like oh what's the problem what's the problem what someone's locked out oh oh someone's you know i just it's the stress levels were so high um and it was only when i got some really good people working with me did i finally start to relax and have a bit of a life and have a bit of a balance and i talk about this all the time now you have to have a bit of balance you have to have a bit of this you have a bit of that that's because i have that now whereas like six years ago i was doing all the kind of cliched stuff now sometimes you have to i think in any business if you're not grinding it out for the first two years you're probably not in the right business you're probably looking at it the wrong way or you need to tweak the business you need to do something because you should be wanting to make money and you should be wanting to make it a success because for the first, I suppose, four years, maybe three and a half years, I was all consumed. Like it was only kind of when I got good, good people working with me and good processes in place. And it was only then that I was able to kind of look up, look away and kind of go, oh, I'd like to start expanding my community a bit more. I'd like to start growing a bit more again because I kind of had reached a point where I was just a bit stale i suppose i needed to scratch that itch in a, in a in a tangible way and i needed to start looking at other projects and looking at other things and um, because for the first four years we were just sprinting as hard as we could to, to to establish a foothold to become the number one player in dublin which we became and then to fight off a lot of competition so it's a very competitive space well it was and there was a lot of people set up against me went bust set up against me tried to buy me out, stood up against me, went bust. Like they're constantly fighting battles in terms of, you know, grabbing market share. And like, we were riding the crest of a wave, to be very honest. Like we, we really had, like, had grabbed like lightning in a bottle and we were literally adding clients every single day, growing up to like 75 properties in Dublin and like a massive, massive kind of like workload. So like there was no real time. So it was only when I got great people that I was able to kind of go, okay, now I'm going to do a podcast and now I'm going to start having a bit more balance. And, you know, we got married and did all that kind of stuff. So it was only then that I was able to kind of go, right, I need a bit of balance here. Yeah. And you know, it's funny because you, you actually, you, you actually alluded to that is a lot of people who have quote unquote made it or have got a built a successful business. They look back and go, you know, balance is really important. But then you go, so what did you do? And they go, I worked my face off for 15 years. And you go, well, like, I, I feel it's a bit hypocritical. Like, you know, obviously, you know, you're, you're almost spewing from your perspective now because that's obviously what you, for a fulfilled life, probably you should, you do need balance. But I suppose I, that's why I like to talk through the whole story because I like to hear what did you actually do to get where you are today? And then... Exactly. Well, uh, and I'm literally... I'm just using this time now to recharge just to give you kind of an honest perspective. Like I'm about to pivot host ballers into something new 
And I'm honestly using these days to just recharge my batteries because I know I'm going to go at it like a dog again for two years because there's no way around it, right? Yeah. There's no secret sauce. And there is a, you can have, like, I will approach it a bit different this time in terms of I will try to have a bit more self-awareness and try to have a bit more, less pressure, but it's only possible to a certain extent. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. you know, if you're the only one working in the business, there is going to be a balance there. There's, there's a price to be paid. Like you have to pay the price and there is a price to be paid. I'd probably do it in a bit of a more clever way in terms of I have established processes from day one, even if it's just me in the business. And we talked about this already. I'd established processes because so much of the last business was in my head until I got hired great people and then they helped me build out processes. So like I'll take all the learnings. It's like anything. You stack things on top of each other. So the first business, okay, what to learn there? Okay, I learned a lot of stuff to do wrong. Okay, stack it on top. This one, I learned a lot of stuff to do wrong, but I also learned a, stuff, a lot of stuff I did really well. And I'm going to take those and just layer them on top and on top and on top. So like, yes, you do need balance in your life if you don't want to be a horrible human being, <laughs> but you do have to work hard. There's genuinely, there's no shortcut to it I found anyway, apart from buying Bitcoin 10 years ago and just holding it till now, there's no, I haven't found a shortcut. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get into personal finance stuff as well, because I'm actually really interested in that space at the moment. Um, and I suppose, so what was, so obviously you're saying about scratching your age and talking to these other entrepreneurs. How, how has that process been like building the podcast out? Because obviously, you know, you're very well renowned podcast in Ireland now in the business space. Yeah, it's been great. It's been absolutely yeah. brilliant. Honest to God, it's 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 been brilliant. Um, I've loved it. I've absolutely loved it. Again, it's a lot of work though. Like you know, there's no, it's a lot of work. Like there's a lot of work that goes into it. There's a lot of work. Like it's not easy. And I think a lot of people, especially, I think I've picked the two industries. Everything's easy: podcasting and entrepreneurship. Like <laughs> it just looks easy from the outside. Like it's just, yeah, it's it's been class. Like to be honest, man, I've loved every minute of it. Like it's it's it's, it's a fun journey. Like obviously you're doing it as well. So you know how fun it is. Like, it's a great way of meeting people. Like I wouldn't be sitting in front of you having this chat with you right now, if I wasn't doing a podcast, do you know what I mean? It puts you in front of a lot of people. It gets you connected to a lot of people. And I think it does something. There's something about telling your own story that, and I believe passionately, I sent this to a friend of mine this morning. He was talking about starting his own podcast. I was like, I think in the next five to 10 years, it'll be so obvious to businesses that they need a media arm. I think media itself is very difficult. We talked about this as well. Very difficult to make good cash out of a media <laughs> business. But layered on top of an existing business or layered on top of a business that does something else, I think it's really the secret sauce. And that's why I've been working so hard at becoming good, at doing content, at speaking, at doing podcasts, at doing YouTube, at writing marketing emails and, and projecting what I think. And it, it helps you your own thought process as well because you can't just like shoot your mouth off because like people are like, like sometimes people say stuff to me going, oh yeah, how's that thing going? I'm like, the what now? That thing you talked about in episode 72. I'm like, oh yeah, going all right, thanks. Because <laughs> like, you have to follow through and it's made me very conscious of what I'm saying and, you know, be a man of your word. And, you know, if you say something, do it. Now I often fly kites that I've no intention to do. And I just want to see if people react, but 
in the main, it makes you hold your story true because you can't be like, oh yeah, I'm really pro this. And then next week you're like, oh no, I, I can't stand that stuff. You know, just, you have to, I think there's a huge value in that. There's a huge value in learning how to tell your story because people love stories. People react to businesses. Like, look, we're in gym and coffee there. I love their story. They have a brilliant story. They're probably one of the best companies in Ireland I look to. If someone says to me, oh, how do I do marketing? I'm like, go look at Jim and Coffee. Look what they've done in terms of building a community around their brand. Incredible. Yeah, no, absolutely. And they have done a phenomenal job. Like even, I was talking to someone there in the last week and they were like, you know, the story of Jim and Coffee, it's phenomenal. Like, And they told me the story. They they actually spouted the story of Jim and Coffee and they have no affiliation at all. It was, it was actually mad because obviously i've seen their stuff online and their stuff is phenomenal and it was it was really interesting someone actually going out of their way to tell me their story because they liked it so much and they like wearing their clothes and everything and that's when you know that's the other example i use jim shark that guy is worth north of i think 800 million yeah 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 he's got a youtube channel yeah he podcasts all the time he does social media every day that's not for the crack like no. He's not just doing he's, that because it's good fun. Doing YouTube, doing podcasts is hard, but he's telling his story. And he's able to now reference back every video you watch of him. There's videos of him from 2012, 2013, yeah. 2014, 2015, 2016, charting the journey of the whole Gymshark process. And people are bought into that. People yeah. buy in stories. So I think being able to do a podcast and being able to, I talk to some entrepreneurs, unbelievably accomplished, very poor about telling their story. Mm. very poor i'm like my god i could sit where you're sitting and tell your story better Mm. that's not good do you know what i mean so i think there's there's a huge value in being able to tell your story and to be able to communicate with people well and i think in the next five to ten years that's going to become an incredible talent yeah no absolutely and i actually only saw it's something on instagram the last day about someone was like if you're building your business document it and and Build it as a story. Like, learn how to tell the story. Because, like, no more than I say Devin. Devin goes in for investor meetings and has to tell the story of his brand to get people to buy into his business to give him money. And also with Ben Francis, obviously, he's been documenting. Like, you can see clips from him hand-stitching stuff and all that, which is phenomenal footage. And, like, the self-awareness, thank God he did that because that really helped the build. And I actually met him at the Gymshack event and asked him some questions on camera. Like, very, very nice guy and takes the time at the events and stuff. Like... But um, yeah, you're right. Like it's not any coincidence that he does YouTube, does podcasts, and does works on his Instagram so much. That is all strategic behind the scenes. But yeah, no, definitely telling the story and documenting. You know, I really like what Gary V is big on. You know, like especially as a younger person, I actually met Tom Billy in Australia early last year, and I was like, "How do you get bigger and bigger guests?" And he went, "Don't put yourself on a pedestal, especially as a young person." just document. And Gary V is big on that as well. Just keep telling the story, put it out there, put it out, put it out there. And one day if you make it, well, then at least the whole thing's out there and then you can tell your story. But just document and ask questions. Um, You're going to have to do it anyway. You're going to have to do the work. You're going to have to do the work anyway. Look, a caveat of that is it's bloody hard. It's very hard to be transparent. It's very hard to be very open because sometimes there's an element of people who aren't very pro what you're doing. So you have to have a bit of a thick skin as well. I do it like no one's listening. Been very honest. That's my little, little cheat. I do it like me. It's just me and you chatting. I don't really think about thousands of people listening to this in a month or whenever else it goes out. I just talk to you Hmm. like we're having a chat. And that's what I said to all my guests. I'm like, look, I don't really think about this as like, 
you know, don't get nervous. Don't, don't, don't think about this as like loads of people listening. Just tell me your story. Yeah. That's a really good way of putting it. Actually, I'll be, I'll be stealing that. <laughs> but, um, but, uh, okay. No, that's perfect. And I suppose I want to have a couple, couple of fire questions now as well. Cause I'm kind of just areas I'm curious in. So I suppose one train I'm on at the moment is big personal finance train and the investments and this crypto and the stocks and this ETFs and you know, where to trade, what platforms to use. You know what I mean? So I suppose, what's your opinion? What are you up to? When did you start taking personal finance seriously? Because obviously you, you, you have been aware of it cause you bought crypto 10 years ago or Bitcoin 10 years ago. I wish I had. No, it's only five, five years ago. I wish it was 10 years ago. Oh my God. I don't think I'll be sitting here chatting to you if I'm very honest. Yeah, I think fair somewhere. <laughs> don't think that personally. I won't be chatting to anybody. Yeah. <laughs> my mansion. Um, <laughs> what do I do? Yeah, look, I started very late. So if you're starting at, at, at 19, you're, um, you're already way, way ahead of the game. Um, I started investing in property very early, probably too early. I bought like, my first property when I was 23. So from that point of view, I did start early. Um, I suppose back then there the wasn't the accessibility. To be honest, it's only in the last three to four years that it's become very accessible. You know, you've got Coinbase, you've got Giro. Um, for anyone not familiar with them, Coinbase, you can go and buy crypto. Giro, you can go and buy shares. You can buy, go buy ETFs from like your laptop. You know, whereas back, you know, back then you would have had to get a broker and all oh, broker fees, and it was just so intangible, and it was only for rich people. So it's only kind of in the last. I suppose, yeah, five years that I've started properly taking it seriously and doing kind of a, a rounded investment strategy. Whereas before it was just like property and that was it. And, it, and it's a big one. That's like to get up to your first property is a big hurdle. And then to get to your second, well, geez, that's 10 times harder, you know? So it's, it's only the last five years. And what I've started to do then is just, just take a kind of a, a rounded view of it, a very simplistic view. I don't trade. I don't really do anything like that in nature. I buy things and I hold them. That's as simple as it is. I, I avoid all the biases and all my own bad temptations of like buying to flip and buying, oh, I think this is going to bounce on their earnings call or going to come next week. And look, loads of people are making great money off that. Uh, it's just not for me in terms of I don't really have the financial acumen. I don't have the risk appetite for that. I just think to do that well, you have to be moving massive amounts of capital. And if you're moving mass amounts of capital, you have to know what you're doing. I think those two don't really go together. As in, like, if you're starting to trade, you don't really know what you're doing and you don't have mass amounts of capital. And if you do and you make the wrong trade, you're in big trouble. So I just take a very rounded view. So about five years ago, made of mine got me into crypto. So I've been kind of like slowly just building the position on that for the last five years. And again, there's nothing special. I put X amount of euro into it every single month. And I execute on whatever that is, whether it's Ethereum or whether it's whether it's Bitcoin. And then the same with shares. I put X amount of them, X amount of money into them every single month. And that's the key. It's just consistency. Sorry to be boring here. The answer is consistency. It's consistency over a long period of time and just fighting your own bad impulses to cash out or to try beat the market or try be clever or try be that guy just so you can go on Twitter and go, ah, I cashed out at 600% on Tesla. See you later suckers. <laughs> and then it's up like 1200% six months later. And you're like, Oh shit. <laughs> you know? So I, I try to just I buy stuff that I believe in. So I buy brands and, and, and companies that I believe in or that I use very basic stuff, yeah. you know, stuff that we all know companies that are, I, I invest in a lot of tech because obviously in the tech space and then in terms of crypto again just buy that every month and then in terms of property i've built up kind of like a small portfolio over the last kind of like 
10 to 15 years and just a little bit every month just servicing the mill mortgages and servicing the bills on those and then i suppose how are you from like obviously the the big thing the buzzword at the moment is multiple source of income it's this that i have 10 source of income what's your stance on that what's your stance on um you know build another source of income because obviously you have a couple you've listed a couple there what's your opinion on it what's your kind of thought process on that yeah i think a lot of people use it as clickbait for great youtube thumbnails and great yeah. youtube and great podcast thumbnails do i have multiple sources of income i suppose like none of them are keeping me rich or making yeah. me rich and i should say never mind keeping me rich <laughs> like you know what i mean oh like i could go make a youtube video now going oh i've got five sources of income my business my properties my my crypto my shares but not really like yeah yeah i think again it's only when you get right up the top level that you actually have them spitting you out a couple of grand two three four five six grand a month and that time will come eventually from you know from dividends and from returns and from all that kind of stuff but like my crypto i'm not cashing that out anytime soon shares i'm not cashing them out anytime soon property i'm not cashing that out anytime soon so like while there are they are generating money that they're they're servicing bills in terms of the properties are, are paying mortgages and stuff like that so it's an absolute no-brainer in terms of you have to have multiple revenue streams because as an entrepreneur if your business goes down look at COVID. this is a perfect design yeah, if you have yeah, that literally. example we've all lost our, our main source of income like every entrepreneur not everyone sorry but like 80 percent of entrepreneurs are now doing what we're doing we're sitting at home trying to run a business from home i'm in the tourism space not many people going on their holly bops at the minute so therefore my main source of income is gonzoed so you do need multiple sources of income my only caveat to that would be just don't do that at the at the by hurting your main source of income do you know what i mean don't be constantly chasing the fatted calf of like oh i'm going to do an online course now and then i'm going to do a youtube channel and i'm going to do uh i'm going to become a delivery driver and then i'm going to become this i'm going to become that have loads of investments going on start early start small put in a certain amount of month every single month let that compound and you will have multiple sources of income i just think it's very difficult to ride two horses with one arse to use the old phrase you can't be like look at me with the business i couldn't have been running two businesses parallel do you know what i mean it's very difficult to do two things very well there's very few with the exception of elon who kind of ruins it for the rest of us very few people that can <laughs> run <laughs> you know what i mean you've the square guy jack dorsey it's very very few businesses that you can run well especially at the start now as you get older you are able to put management levels in place you are able to put people in place because you know how to manage them and you know what processes to build but at the start be very careful about diverting your attention into 10 different areas because literally there's only so many hours in the day and you only have so much limited brain power in a day i think of my energy as units so i think of like right let's say today i have 100 units you know you can't keep burning 120 every single day because you just again you're going to be in that horrible place of just doing everything really poorly and i suppose just just wrapping up there's only two questions left i suppose if you were to speak to your 18 year old self starting it all again you're going to tell him one piece of advice what would it be <laughs> i asked that question and i don't have a great answer what would the answer be don't be afraid don't be afraid 
it's not going to be as hard. It's not going to be as bad as you think. It'll be as hard as you think, but it won't be as bad as you think. Fear holds us back from doing so much good stuff. And I think that's the biggest thing is, and that's a very like, don't be afraid, but like, don't be afraid of what Gary, don't be afraid of being afraid. Don't be just letting fear cripple you because don't let anxiety hold you back from just pushing through the door because on the far side of the door, there's not the monster. There's just one thing you have to deal with. So I, it, honestly, it would be that. It would be, don't be afraid. And everyone's just trying to figure it out as well. I always used to put people on pedestals and go, oh my God, that guy is so good because he's doing this. And oh my God, that guy is much better than I am because of this. The more people you know and the more people you get to know, you realize everyone's just figuring it out as they go. Mm. Yeah, it's very good advice. Actually, an entrepreneur, a very successful entrepreneur in Galway actually said the exact same thing to me about a year ago. He went, you all think these like people that are like quote unquote successful have it all figured out. They're still going day by day, just trying to figure things out just as much as you are. Maybe they have a bit more experience and they have you know more reference points of information, but everyone's just going day by day just trying to see how it goes, no matter how much of a master plan they have. That's the biggest thing. Just keep going. Build that momentum. It's like we were talking about earlier about COVID. Just go. Just do something every day. Don't get overwhelmed by, again, fear, but don't be like looking ahead six months, 12 months going, oh my God, who knows what's going to happen? Oh, it's just too hard. Just do a little bit every day. Just do the 1%. I keep that in my journal every single day. 1%, 1%, 1%, 1%. And then it keeps you grounded and keeps you in the, in the present. And that compound, that compound interest on that 1% every day is huge. And that, that, that's the game changer. Monstrous. Uh, I wish I'd figured that out when I was your age because it, it changes everything. And it's very hard to figure that out when you're young because you're so eager and you have so much energy and you're so full of enthusiasm and you want everything to push. Now, I had no patience when I was younger. Zero. I have a little bit more, not massive amounts more now. But you, you just want everything. Now, I think it's the course of the entrepreneur as well. You want to be moving. You want to be pushing it as hard as you can. I just wish I could just have tethered that a little bit with the, it's going to be grand, okay? Just keep doing a little bit every day. Um, so I suppose, final thing, what's the future looking like? So obviously, you said you're keeping the momentum going. You're still working throughout COVID. What is the next year looking like? And like maybe, maybe you can preface it as, a year from whenever lockdowns kind of back off. Cause obviously we don't know how long that's going to keep going for. So 2026, what does that look like? <laughs> 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 <Hopefully> not. <laughs> no, honestly, I think on that, I think this year is going to be a, a year of, of kind of flux for mm. a lot of people. I think it's a year just to keep the head down. I think it's a year of just, again, the old cliche, keep going, do your own percent every day. Don't grow overwhelmed. Don't, watch the news don't don't read all the doom just keep going yourself have your whiteboards have your 12-month plan be flexible i think that's the key thing is to be flexible have clear goals but be flexible within them to be able to just pivot around and kind of go oh, need to sidestep that one because that's not going to happen perfect case the example is we're pivoting host butlers now into becoming a more of a oh what would the word be we're going to own our own stuff. Essentially, we're going to own our own units. We're going to own our own properties. So that's going to be the big spin for us. Um, obviously, it's going to be in the hospitality space as well. Um, now, obviously, I had planned and hoped but that that would be open for the weekend of Paddy's. Obviously, that's not going to happen now because COVID. So I'm not changing my plan. I'm just elongating it. So like we're building... What we're building at the minute, I'll just, I can't say exactly what it is yet because it will do a big launch when it's coming up, but we'll have this, this very unique hospitality offering in Ireland 
It won't have been done in Ireland before. And from that, that brings its own challenges then of, of COVID in terms of, okay, well, if people can't go on their holidays this year, how am I going to change that? Well, I can use that time to build out these units and make them absolutely special and make them absolutely as perfect as they can be so that the world will return to normal. Like we will get through this. There will be time when it'll just explode out and there'll be this pent up demand of like people want to go on holidays again. People want to do stuff again. People want to go out. People want to go here. You know, there will be that massive rush. So as long as you don't stop, because if you stop now, it's very hard to get going again. So I'm just literally keeping going for this year, not letting my impatience kind of go, ah, come on, just do it. And not getting disheartened either and kind of going, right, okay, just keep working. Control the controllables, focus on building out the podcast, focus on, because the other stuff is in, it's in a, it's in a factory at home and tip at the minute. So like, I can't go down and build that myself. So just let that go, let that kind of build at its own pace. And then when the world opens back up again, you're in the perfect position to then capitalize on that. You, you haven't given up and you've still got that bit of momentum. Phenomenal. Thank you so much for your time, Gary. This has been a phenomenal conversation. I really, really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. For Thank, your time. You, Thank you very much for having me on. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And uh, do you want to just plug your socials? Obviously, it'll all be linked down below as well. But do you want to just kind of just direct people to where you, where they can find out more about yourself? Yeah, perfect. So it's pretty easy. Just go to Mr. Gary Fox anywhere. Um, M-R-G-R-Y-F-O-X anywhere, anywhere. And like Instagram, uh, go to GaryFox.com and MrGaryFox.com. And from there, you can listen to the podcast. You can join. We just launched an exclusive members community for listeners of the podcast that can go and join that. And you'll get me any socials. I always say to people, reach out. Um, all my socials are, are available and public. So come connect with me. And if I can help you out at all, I will. Great. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, everyone listening. If you did enjoy it, like, subscribe, and uh, we will see you next week. Good night, we live.